All right, if you want to go ahead and be turning in your Bibles, we're going to be in Philippians chapter 2. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm the, the student leader here uh, at, Wake for, at Overflow for Wake, and we've been in this series for the last, like, three or four weeks uh, called Picking Problems. Now, if you've been alive and aware of your existence for more than, like, uh, five minutes, you know that there are always problems in life, right? Like, yes, we can, we can all agree on that. I think I see some nodding heads out there. If you don't have problems, let me know how you're doing that, because... Um, but specifically, the fact that since we can't get rid of problems in, in life, we just have to pick which problems we want to deal with, right? Like, whatever career path you're pursuing or however, uh, wherever you want to live or whatever you enjoy doing in life, it, it all comes with problems, but you, you chase it anyway, you pursue it anyway, because those problems are worthless to you or not as big of a deal to you as whatever it is that you're chasing to get through those problems, right? So we've been talking about that in a Jesus person sense because that's what, you know, we do here. And um, we started with talking about the fact that uh, worldly problems versus Jesus problems, the comparison is, there's, there's not one, right? Like, we're going to deal with worldly problems either way. And once we say yes to Jesus, we're going to have new problems that come with Jesus because that's the life of a Jesus person. Um, we talked about Zacchaeus, how he had plenty of problems before, and he, uh, after he chose Jesus, he still had those problems before, but he chose to follow Jesus even though it just added problems to his list. Uh, we, we talked about the fact that the glory of God is worth dealing with problems for, worth suffering for. Uh, we talked about the blind man that was born blind uh, simply for the fact that glory would be brought to God through his problem. Um, and we've talked about we've talked about a lot of people problems, right? We've talked about the, the blind man, Zacchaeus. We we are all fully aware of our problems. We uh, probably have a lot of them. Um, but what about the problems that Jesus had has? We ever think about, like, I know we, we think about the things that we deal with or we have dealt with or whatever, but what about the things that Jesus dealt with? If specifically while he was physically on earth, um, and Jesus dealt with a lot of problems. And obviously the, the big one, we think about the cross when we talk about Jesus' problems, right? But it's so much more than that. And uh, that's what we're going to get into this morning. Uh, we're going to be starting... Um, right here in verse 5, and I, I, want, I want some crowd participation after I read this verse. I, you don't have to do anything. Nobody has to get up here on stage. Uh, make your own attitude that of Christ Jesus. Now, all the Jesus people in the room, if you've said yes to Jesus, you know Jesus, let's just real quick agree. Our attitude should be like Jesus, right? Okay, I'm going to hold you to that. We're going to come back to it here in a little bit and talk about something else, so I got you there. Um, who, existing in the form of God, did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Now, I want to point something out, that Jesus chose us. He chose our problems. He, he didn't, like, oh, I have no choice. I have to do this. Like, he's the creator of the universe. He doesn't have to do anything. He chose us out of love, not necessity. 
He chose us out of love. Now, I want you to think about the fact that the creator of everything, and, and Caleb, I don't know where you are. I love what you said. I love what you said when you were talking up here, buddy. The creator of the universe put on dirt and came down here to choose us and our problems, to live with us and our problems, to dwell with us and our problems. If it had been me, or probably the vast majority of us, and we made this little mud ball with these little things on it, and they started doing the stuff that we do, we'd be like, nope, I'm starting over. We're going to go to plan B, not doing that. He chose to give us a chance. He came out of the splendor of heaven, not, not sacrificing just on the cross. Jesus started sacrificing, like, when he came down here. Like, in the womb, the sacrifice started, right? Because if you think about everything that he was, all the glory and the splendor, the, the equality with God, he didn't use that to his advantage. He didn't come down here like full-grown Jesus in golden robes and blasting people with his Jesus powers. He came down here as a human baby, and he didn't even speed up that process, right? He didn't even put himself into a good situation there. He literally chose to deal with our problems from day one. simply for the fact that he wanted us to have the opportunity to come into eternity with him. He didn't want us to face eternity without him. He wanted us to have the opportunity to say, yes, Jesus, you know what? I want to spend all of eternity with you. Instead, verse 7, he emptied himself by assuming the form of a slave, taking on the likeness of men. And when he had Come as a man in his external form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death. Now, I want to I stop right here. I had a conversation with a friend that actually, I think, was kind of the birth of this whole series. Um, that Jesus, he came down here, and not only did he do the, the human thing, not only did he do the, like, growing up as a baby, growing up as a, uh, going through childhood and the teenage years, and he had kind of a, messed up family situation, and he did all that. And then when his ministry starts, he still chose to deal with the problems that came with people. And I I keep coming back to what I would do in those situations because, like, self-reflection helps, right? And if you look at some of the responses that Jesus got, some of the things that people said to Jesus when he was just teaching or whatever— I would have turned somebody into a fish or at least, like, taken their voice away, right? Like, shh. I'm talking, creator of the universe. But Jesus let people be crappy towards him to display his love back. Now, first of all, that's huge because, like, if I catch attitude from somebody, they're going to catch some attitude back, right? Mom, you know. But Jesus just responded with love. There was there were some snark and some funny comments, and you know he had some he had there's some funny stuff that Jesus says. But love was the prominent aspect of everything that he said. Everything that he did was love. Why? Why? Why would he do that? Because he loves us. Because he chose us. The Creator of the universe. I want you to think about you. Just, just for a second, because this is what I did with this series, specifically with this talk. Think about yourself. Let's, let's go inward here for a second. Everything you've ever done, everything you've ever, everything you've ever thought, because he knows that too. 
everything you've ever said, everything you've ever secretly wished on somebody, all of those things. Think about that for just a second. Jesus loves you anyway. Even if you feel like you have never been wanted by anybody else in the history of the universe, Jesus wants you. Jesus loves you enough to come down here to get rid of everything that he had in his splendor in heaven, to come down here and live homeless with a bunch of dudes that ask dumb questions all the time, and then died on a tree because he loves you. Jesus chose you, and he, cho- he wanted that so badly that he was willing to go through everything he went through for you. And I'm sorry, but we should be a little more excited about that. Like, I, I'm, I'm fighting back tears right now because Jesus chose me. He picked all of us. And he didn't use his equality with God to say, I'm better than, better than this. He sacrificed that to put himself on our level and then under us to lift us up. And the simple fact of the matter is we don't deserve that. We didn't deserve that. We have never and will never. And he chose to do it anyway. And that's love. Obedient to the point of death, even to death on a cross. And if you think about the problems that come with humanity, The fact that he was willing to not only do the, the big thing, but all of the little things. Zacchaeus, the blind man, the, the woman caught in adultery, the woman at the well, all those little stops he, he chose to make because he loved them individually. Not just, I'm going to save the world, but I'm going to save the individual. I'm coming for the person, not just the people. The creator of the universe here, the, the one that made you and that you have wronged personally countless times. And that's beautiful. And there's, there's no love, that, no, no, no thing ever that will come close to the value of what Jesus has done for every single one of us. And the fact that he didn't just hit the reset button but chose to deal with our problems, continually still choosing to deal with our problems because he still wants us in eternity with him. It breaks, it breaks my heart to know that there are people out there missing out on it. So we're, we're going to jump back for a second. And this is, this is for, our, for our Jesus people that agreed with me earlier. <clears throat> Let's go back to verse uh, 3. It says, Do nothing out of rivalry or conceit. I'm going to pause right there because how many, of our, how many of us do things for the wrong reason? How, ma- how, many, yeah, I'm, how, many of us, how many of us have made a good decision because of fill-in-the-blank thing that we shouldn't have been trying to get accomplished, Right? But in humility, that's a hard word, consider others as more important than yourselves. Now, you guys agreed to this. This is what Jesus did. You guys agreed. I got you. I didn't tell you what you were agreeing to all the way, but this is what you agreed to earlier. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, but also for the interests of others. Jesus' people, 
is this, is this us? Is this you? And, I, and you don't have to answer. You don't have to raise your hand. Like, I'm, you know, I can say this isn't always me. Sometimes on a really, 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 really good day, once in a blue moon, this might be me. But is this us? Because if we, if we say that our attitude should be like that of Jesus, and we're not doing these things, then we're, we're not agreeing somewhere, right? If we're, if we're saying, I want to be Christ-like, and your attitude is nothing like what Jesus' attitude was. If you ever want a really cool uh, study focus, by the way, read, read the Gospels and just study the personality of, of Jesus, just how he was with people, how he talked to people, how he responded to people. It's, it's eye-opening. It's really cool, and I, I've done it uh, through John and Matthew, I think, and it was I got some really awesome stuff from that. So if, if you want to know how you should be acting towards people, there's a good place to start. Jesus is obviously the example, right? Christ-like Christian, that's, that's kind of the goal. But how many of us are doing what we're doing? How many of us are doing the, the Jesus stuff in a, in a selfish way? How many of us will, will post, our, post our Bible verses on Instagram or Facebook or Twitter or whatever? We don't love anybody the whole day we're out in the public around people. I love Jesus. I don't like any of them. <laughs> We've got annoying people at school, annoying people at work, annoying people at home probably. Um, <laughs> I love you guys. Um, <laughs> But we deal with all this stuff. We, we read about all this stuff that Jesus did in the Bible, that Jesus said to do in the Bible, right? We read about it all the time. If you're here, if you're here I know you hear about it at least once a week. Students twice a week. But where's the, where's the application, right? We can read this all day long. I can watch uh, The Avengers every day of my life. I will never be Iron Man just from watching The Avengers, right? But we, we read this stuff and we, we pretend that just because we read it, I read my Bible and I listen to the worship music and blah, 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 blah. We, 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 we're the Christian example. But the, the truth is, if there's no application, there's no Christ-like attitude. If you're not pursuing what this book says and how this book says to live, what the Word of God says to do in your life, what kind of a Jesus person are you? And this, I'm not, listen, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. Nobody, none of you have made me mad or anything. I'm, this is like self-reflection. That's actually where a lot of my, my messages come from for Wake. Um, so this is me stepping on my own toes here. Uh, Jesus, Jesus chose people. We can, we, we can agree on that. Yeah. Yes, we can agree on that. Jesus chose people, continually chooses people. He chose you chose you as, as the individual that you are, as the Jesus person that you are or should be. It is now your job to choose people as well. It's our job to choose people and their problems. And we can deal with our own problems all we want. I got problems. I got, I got money problems and I got homework problems. I got a lot of homework problems. I got problems, you know, constantly 
new ones and old ones coming back and stuff that I shouldn't be dealing with, but I'm dealing with anyway. We, we all have those things in our lives. So does everybody else. You're not the only human in the history of the universe to deal with problems, first of all. And Jesus still chose you. Spoiler alert, Jesus chose all of us. And Jesus loves all of us. And I want, I want for, for us to, to think in our Jesus person mindset, hear this next verse. Who existing in the form of God did not consider equality with God as something to be used for his own advantage. Now, if Jesus, if the creator of the universe, if the savior of the world, if the son of God didn't use equality with God to his own advantage, what makes us think that we can use our familial relationship with God to our advantage? Why do we walk around like we are any better than anybody else? Pretend that we don't have time for anybody else just because of the problems that they might bring into our lives. And we say, I don't have time for you. I don't want to bother with you. you. You do your own thing. You are not my problem. Yes, they are. Jesus chose them and their problems. They are, were, will be Jesus' problem. And if you're his, they're your problem. I don't care if we like them or not. I don't care if they get on our nerves or not. I don't care if they've done the worst things in the world. Jesus loves those people around us. Just like he loves you. Just like he loved you before you came to him. We have got to start choosing people. We can't pretend like our whole Jesus person persona comes from inside of this building. Or in our car when Caleb plays the right song or we get the new Passion CD. We can't live and never love as Christians. We can't tell people that they're not our problem anymore. And we get this, this mindset, and I'm just, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna say I get this mindset because I'm gonna talk about me. I don't want you, I don't know your life, but it, it probably relates to you. I get this mindset that because of my Jesus story or because of what I've done, because of what I've been through or come from or because of what I do here at church, that sometimes it slips into my head, and I say sometimes it's generally every day and I have to fight it off, that people that are doing bad stuff, I have some sort of advantage over. And, and my attitude in that situation, it's, it's, it's not Christ-like. For me to look at somebody and say, I would hate to have to deal with your stuff. I'd hate to have to deal with you on an everyday basis. I really don't want you to be part of my story. Here's, I'm just going to cut into my own crazy ramblings right there because, first of all, it's not our story. We are a part of the Jesus story. Every single one of us, guess what? They are too. They can be. They have the opportunity to be, and it's on us to make that happen. And Jesus has called you. He chose you. He's called you. We've got purpose in our life on earth. We're not just, si- we're not just left down here to sing the songs and read the Bible. We're, we're called to love people. We're called to make disciples of people, right? And in our 
walk with Jesus, we have this tendency sometimes to, to let the fact that we're walking with Jesus and not the world elevate us above the world, right? We look at me and we say, well, I'm, I mean, I'm not in that stuff. I'm not as bad as so-and-so, fill in the blank. I know what they've done. I know what I've done. It ain't, it's, it's nowhere near as bad. Yes, it is. You're no different. We're no different. I'm no different than the person that I've seen that's, that's done the, the worst things that I can think of. Any sin, fill in the blank. We're no different than them. Jesus died for that person too. And we've got, and, and the worst thing is sometimes that these people that we think we're better than are our friends that don't know Jesus, right? It's not even people we don't like. <laughs> we can look at our friends and we can hear their story and hear the things that they say and hear the things that they deal with and their problems and we, we choose to not let their problems become a part of us because we don't want anything to do with it. We're too good for that. We don't want to get our hands dirty. Speaking from experience, by the way, not picking on anybody. We see them in their problems, dealing with their problems, and we choose not to present Jesus to them as a solution for all of their problems. I want to ask you this. If you if you knew and had possessed, in, it was in your possession, the cure for cancer. And I'm sorry if this is cliche and you've heard it before, but it's going to hit you, I guarantee it. You have the cure for cancer, and you, you have the ability not only to tell people about it, but to distribute it and help cure cancer. And you leave that in your room, you sit on it all day, you keep it with you, and you never say a word about it. What does that say about you? Right. And here's the thing, cancer... It's temporary, regardless of the outcome, right? Cancer is not a forever and always eternal thing. Eternity is eternal. That's in the name. And those of us who know Jesus, we have the cure for an eternity without him. Why do we sit on it? Why do we hide it? Why do we keep it to ourselves? That's not what we're called to do. And, it's, and I'll admit that this is, this is really easy to, to like kind of brush off if, if, we, if we don't have it, have some way to make it like seriously relatable to us. So this, and this is something that we do at Wake. I want everybody to, to do this with me. I want us all to close our eyes. My eyes are closed. I'm not watching you. Everybody in the room, I want your eyes closed. I want you to picture, think of their name, think of their face, picture in your mind right now at least one. If you've got more, throw them all in there, but at least one person in your life that you know personally, does not know Jesus. I want you to think, I want you to focus on that person right now. Whoever it is, I, personally I have, uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say three or four. I, I, th- I think I'm leaning towards four, but guess what? That person that you are looking at right now in your mind's eye, they are your problem. We can open our eyes now. I, I think it's easy for us to say, Oh yeah, the world needs Jesus. The world's, somebody will get to him. There are people in our lives that we have personal relationships with, that we see, talk to, hang out with all the time. We might be the only person that they would ever listen to well enough to come to Jesus because of. Right? And whoever it was, it might be, it might be a family member, it might be just a friend, it might be somebody you want to date, it might be, I don't know who it might be, it might be you. If it's you, don't wait to take care of that. 
But the, the truth is, guys, this isn't just a general statement. This is applicable to the people in your life. Just like the individual that Jesus came for, the individuals around us is who this applies to. And I don't understand at the end of the day how, we, how, we, how I am okay with living my whole day and not being Jesus to somebody, not being Jesus to the people around me that I see need Jesus. The, the, th- the, the fact of the matter, nothing surprised Jesus, first of all. I just want to throw that out there. He wasn't surprised by our attitudes or what he had to deal with. And, and he also knew exactly when his time was up physically on earth. He knew when his time, when the cross was coming. He knew when that was going to happen. He was very well informed of the situation. He knew how much time he had. And you know what Jesus never did? He never took a break. He never skipped a day. He never took a rest day. Every opportunity he got, some little weird short dude hanging out in a tree, and he calls him down to uh, bring the glory of God into his life. Some blind guy that's been blind since birth that people just assumed as a beggar and they thought he had his problems, that he was dealing with his problems because of the sin in his or his parents' life. Jesus had time for all those people. He never skipped a day. He never said, maybe I'll come back to it. And he knew exactly how much time he had. He knew how much time he could have afforded to waste and he didn't waste any. That's because he couldn't afford to waste the time, right? How many of us know how much time we got? No, none of us. So why do we take days off? Why do I take days off? Why do I skip opportunities when I don't know if maybe that was the last opportunity I'll ever get for that person or me? And guys, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves and chose you in all of your sin, in all of your shame, in all of the stuff in your past. He chose you. He chose them as well. And we've been adopted into this Jesus family, right? And if we're to make our attitudes like that of Jesus, we're not to hold that to our advantage and our comfort. And we're not to pretend that we are greater than anything except the form of a slave, just like Jesus was. Assuming the form of a slave taking on the likeness of men, we don't need to act like we're better than anybody, Jesus people. We don't need to act like we are worth more than anybody. We are all worth exactly the same. And to Jesus, that was worth dying for. So your person, whoever, whoever that person was in your head that you know for a fact does not know Jesus, if you for a fact do not know Jesus, You are both, all you, them, chosen by Jesus. And he chose every single problem that he dealt with down here on earth to give you the opportunity to come into eternity with him because he wants you that bad. He loves you that much. He loves them that much. And my prayer is that we don't live like the stereotypical church to the outside culture, right? Because they, they see how the church has acted. They, they have their mindset of the church, of, of God. And you know who's contributed to that bad mindset is, is the church. And 
simply for the fact that we have not made our attitudes like that of Jesus. And my prayer, my prayer specifically for this house, this is my house and I want to see it happen here. I want to see it happen all over the place, but, you know, personal relationships and all that. But we don't need to be a church that tells the world they are not our problem. We don't need to be an individual that tells our family and our friends and our coworkers and the people that we see at Walmart and the fast food places we go to that they are not our problem. And I know we've probably heard this a blue million times, but you might be the only person that will ever be Jesus to somebody. And we've got to stop taking days off. We've got to stop letting opportunities go by because Jesus chose you and your problems. It's our problem now to choose other people and their problems. We pick problems all day long, all our lives. We choose to deal with stuff that at the end of the day we're going to lose whatever we're chasing anyway if it's not Jesus. But we deal with all the problems that come with that because it's worth it to us. And when it comes to the eternity of a soul, eternity of somebody that, want, that should be with Jesus, the problems aren't worth it all of a sudden. And my prayer is that that changes. My prayer is that, is that changes for me because I, I know that I get irritated with people. I get, I get frustrated and I don't want to talk to people and like that becomes the thing. Like I'm, not, I'm, I'm just going through my day like this and I worry about Jesus when I get home. And that's me and that's, that needs to change. And if that's you, that needs to change. And my prayer is that not only as, as a house we come to this place of making people our problem, but as an individual, we come to this place of making everybody around us our problem because that's what Jesus did. He dealt with their problems. He loved them through their problems. He loved you through yours, and you know those, so you know like how extensive that list is. And Jesus loves everybody just as much as he loves you. And we should be presenting this opportunity for an eternity with Jesus to everybody around us. Make people your problem. Let's pray.